Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 300. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. That's right, this is the show where we talk about, where we have talked about Atari games 300 times. Okay, uh, there were a few of those episodes that wandered off into other things, um, movies. I think we did an episode where we interviewed comic book writers and artists. Basically, we do it all here at the podcast, and we have done for 300 episodes at this point. And you've stuck with it for that whole time. So I don't know what that says about me, but what it says about you is that you are very patient and seem to have a lot of time on your hands. Uh, But it's cool. 300 is a big number. You could listen to an episode a day for almost a whole year now. Uh, of this podcast and you should multiple times and you should tell your friends and family to do the same just tell them to turn it on put it in the background they don't even have to pay attention Uh, i still get the download number so that's that's what i'm looking for but no it it is cool to be here uh, at 300 typically when we hit the 100 episode mark we do something a little special here in the podcast there was the one year that we did Episode 100 happened to come out on Christmas Eve that year, so I did some Christmassy stuff. Episode 200, we played Missile Command, the board game. Missile Command being one of my favorite uh, Atari 2600 games. So now I thought about, well, what could we do for episode 300? And then it occurred to me, naked podcasting. That's right, I am absolutely naked right now. Okay, I'm not really. Or maybe I am. I mean, who knows? You could be naked right now. I'd rather not think about that, but it is a possibility. So, in order to distract myself from considering that possibility, let's get on to what we're going to do this episode. I thought a nice way to commemorate this uh, landmark episode for the podcast would be to... Damn it, you're still thinking about whether I'm naked podcasting, aren't you? Try and focus. I was kidding about that, okay? Probably. I thought a nice way to commemorate how long this podcast has been around would be to hearken back to one of the original Atari games, one of the games that makes it possible for this podcast to be here. And that, of course, is Space Invaders, uh, the 1978 Taito uh, game that helped to make uh, video games in general and Atari certainly, in particular, a household name. Ask anyone these days, even someone who doesn't necessarily know anything about old video games, to name an Atari game from back in the day, and they will probably mention Pac-Man. They might mention Donkey Kong. They may even reach back a little further and mention Pong. But they will also very likely mention Space Invaders, the 1978 Taito game that maybe didn't create the video game era, but certainly helped cement it, particularly with uh, with the Atari system. And now that game has been immortalized, much as Missile Command was, as a board game. And that's what we're going to check out this episode. I got for Christmas, I mentioned this on the show before, I got the Space Invaders game. I just noticed, on the, I'm looking at the box right now, I just noticed... Uh, although this game was released by Buffalo Games, it was designed by Kane Klenko, 
uh, I just noticed on the box, it actually does uh, list Taito as a, uh, as a producer as well, uh, which makes sense, of course. Klenko, according to the internet, is a game designer in Wisconsin who has worked on many various things, including light to medium weight family games with a focus on unique real-time and dice mechanics. Buffalo Games is a company that was started in 1986. Uh, among their big titles uh, were the double-sided World's Most Difficult Jigsaw Puzzle. They started manufacturing jigsaw puzzles in 96, including Photo Mosaics, Norman Rockwell, Disney, Audubon, Simpsons, Burpee, and the Hotman Brothers. The company operates, uh, Buffalo Games operates, not surprisingly, in Buffalo, New York, and counts among their uniqueness the fact that they... Uh, incorporate into their games specially shaped cards, jewelry, voting wheels, dice, markers, free golden seeds, and more. They've had top licenses with things like Star Wars Pokemon, Charles Wysocki, Star Trek, Game of Thrones, and they are, according to their website, guided by the mission to make life more fun and rewarding. From what I read, the Space Invaders board game seems to have been inspired, at least in part, by a 2017 game called Flip Ships, also designed by Kane Klenko uh, and put out by Renegade Game Studios. From what I can gather, it's got a similar premise. Uh, alien invasion over a city, waves of fighters pour out of this mothership. It is, like Space Invaders, a cooperative dexterity game. Players take on the roles of brave pilots defending their planets from an onslaught of firepower flip your ships to take out the encroaching enemies and take down the powerful mother ship before it's too late. So it's pretty much the same concept. Um, what sets the Space Invaders game apart, apparently, and we'll get into this more later, is the addition of a, uh, what did they call it in Space Invaders? I think they call it a 3D arcade shooter. A catapult, basically. A little plastic catapult for your little cardboard tokens that you shoot at the invaders um, but we'll get into that when we uh, play our our uh, field report speaking of which we should do that now after the break is this board game boring tune in to find out I'm not rich or famous. I'm not a movie star, rock icon, first responder, nurse, doctor or anybody else whom we all look up to. I'm just a schnook. Just like Bill, I love to tell stories. Unlike Bill, though, I'm not creative enough to write my own, so I just tell my own real-life stories in this book-read-by-the-author-style podcast, all about life lessons growing up, and every episode, a segment about music. Music that I love, artists that I admire, and sometimes even my own music. You can find Autobiography of a Schnook on all your favorite podcast suppliers, or you can go to schnookpodcast.com. That's S-C-H-N-O-O-K podcast.com. And I firmly believe the good goes around, and I sincerely hope that Autobiography of a Schnook proves to be some good that goes around your way. I wonder if back in 1978, when those uh, geniuses hidden in their lab away from their families and friends in Japan at, at Taito, uh, coming up with Space Invaders, the iconic uh, video game that people think of, people who don't know anything about video games think of when you ask them, name a video game, and they say Space Invaders. I wonder if those people that invented that game knew that far in the future, 
2021, instead of actual space invaders having attacked and enslaved a, a much more technologically advanced planet, instead, society would have regressed to turning their, uh, what at the time was state-of-the-art technology, a Space Invaders video game, into a two-dimensional cardboard board game, I wonder what they would have thought if they knew that's what was going to happen. But it did. Uh, in 2021, Buffalo Games came out with Space Invaders, the board game. And you're seeing it right now. Being the 300th episode of the podcast, I thought I would take a little time to, uh, to get it out, take a look at it, see what we got. And this is what we got. So uh, Henry and I are going to run through the game a little bit. We have the board here. Uh, the red side of the board is for a two-player game. If I were to flip it over, you would see pretty much the same board, except it's a different color. But I'm not going to do that because we've already set it up for play. On the left-hand side, we've got health, a health meter, basically. The red is the, uh, the health meter for the alien invaders. The white is for the planet itself. You are, of course, defending the planet from the invaders. The, right now, the game is set up for a, what would be a training level game, which is a much shorter game. It still takes quite a while, we're probably not going to run through the whole thing, but we'll do a little bit of it. But because it's only a training level, the health of the planet starts out at 20, the health of the alien starts out at 2, and of course if we were playing a more difficult game, the meters would be adjusted accordingly. We have the uh, player cards, these are the aliens. The number indicates basically the, the level of difficulty, I guess. The little symbols indicate how far down the uh, the board the aliens move at each level. We have, might be easier to see on Henry's side, we have the invasion cards. I think that's what they were called. Yeah, the, the invader cards over there. There are three levels, one, two, and three, and each round. Honestly, we haven't quite figured out how you move from one level to another, but obviously you start out on level one and move up to level three. We have the, the little circles. Those are the blast tokens. Those are what you're actually going to use to shoot at your aliens. Up here we have the UFO. If you manage to land one of your blasts... Handmade, by the way. Handmade by Henry, yes. He's very proud of that. He spent hours and hours yeah. putting this together. Days. Days, yes. Years. He didn't sleep or, or pee or anything. Years. For days. Years. Years, yes. He's been working on it since birth. Yeah. If you happen to land one of your blast tokens in the little opening there, uh, the UFO, you cause damage to the aliens, and that gets adjusted on the health meter. If you hit, if you launch one of your little blast tokens and it lands on one of these cards, uh, at the end of the round, at the end of your turn, you take the card off the board and you put it on the corresponding card. 10 points, 20 points, 30 points, they're all color-coded. And then that tells you how, what your score was for that round. Then we get to the part that people are most interested in, the 3D arcade shooter. So, you take one of your little blast tokens, you set it on there, and then you launch it. Thank you, Henry. He's much better at it, usually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I am not the bad. And that's how you get points. So, on the World Championship last year, not the bad. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, it's, you, it's, it's a secret organization. You don't have sponsors or anything, do you? I can't tell you that. I just said it's a secret organization. Okay, fine. Oh, this thing? This is the turn token. 
I guess you're supposed to pass it from person it's to person. It's like the talking stick. To, exactly, it's like the talking stick in it. Uh, but there's only two of us. I think we can keep track of whose turn it is. Alright. No, that's really hard. So, should we do this thing? Yeah. We'll run through a round or two and you can see how it works. And then we'll get out of here. So we'll, yeah. we'll say a couple of words about what we think of the game. And then we'll move on. Go. Alright, this is a level one blast token. I have no idea if you can see that or not. Yeah, you can. I am going to play first. I have placed it on the 3D arcade shooter. I am holding gratuitous shot of my hands here. Enjoy. I am going to launch this token and see if I kill any aliens. Boom. No, you now, missed it. I think we decided if it hits the card but bounces off, it doesn't count. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So the level one tokens. There, you get three of them, so because you three you turns, hit, basically. If you hit something that bounces off, then it didn't do any damage. But if you hit something and it stays, then it did damage. Fine. Man. Missed again. Nobody saw that. We all saw that. Man. You missed it again. So basically, I got no points that time. Now it's Henry's turn. When, the instructions say something about when you take your tokens off, you put them in the armory. With the corresponding color. I don't but exactly know why. Armory? Armory, yeah. Yeah, armory. Right. Fun so now word. it is Henry's turn. He is going to launch. You can tell we're awesome cameramen, by the way. I'm really new. I usually do it. I usually do it. And I'm younger. And I'm smarter. Booyah! What about them apples? No apples. Blast uh, I hit the shield. Yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about that. So the little symbol on the card here, that's a shield. That means you have to, you can't destroy it unless some special thing happens that I don't remember right now. The X's, if there are two X's, like on this card, you have to hit it twice in the same round in order to destroy it. Right. Alright, so now it's Henry's second shot. We'll talk about the arrows when we get to that. Yes. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, uh, it didn't count. Like, uh, like a millimeter. Uh, you see that little white thing? Millimeter still counts, man. It's barely even not even touching it. I am that so. One, I am one. so sorry. This could be a long game, guys. At least I I was closer to getting one than you. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, so that was a rough round. Normally, if we had actually hit some of these cards and taken them off, we would have to refill in the spaces with uh, more cards, and we'd move these guys down. So an arrow was was that one space one down. One space. Two. Uh, these I guys. Move them. Sure. These guys is two spaces, right? And mm-hmm. that's what it was. And then. Yeah. And then this. And then. then uh, like you can. You can. Well, we would move here, here. This one, actually what the instructions say is it moves down. Hold on. Gratuitous page flipping here. ASMR. Alright. So, if you have these four little arrows, move forward until it's blocked by another invader. If there's nothing in front of it, it goes all the way down to the planet area. That's down here. This one, move forward one space. Move forward two spaces. One uh, space. Well, Two spaces. Two spaces. If there's nothing in front of it, actually, it keeps keeps uh, going till it going till it gets to the, to uh, the end of it, the it arrow number. This would push. If if uh, this was here, this was here. But I'm saying if it was here, 
mm -hmm. it would go down two and it would actually push this one down. So oh, we didn't, we didn't we, pay that. We didn't pay that much attention to it. Once it's on the planet, it has caused planetary damage. So uh, at the end of the round, that's one hit point of planet planet damage. So Henry's moving it down one space. Um, so the game proceeds like that. You take keep taking turns. There are three levels of tokens. You saw number one. There's a number two on there. Number three on there. That's how numbers work. Yeah. Um, we don't quite know how you know when to go to the second and third level tokens. We're just assuming each round it moves up. The deck of player cards, these guys, for a two-player game, I know, I'm just showing them. For a two-player game, there are 25 total cards in here, and basically we would keep going in a normal game until we ran out of these cards. Progressing down here, either until you run out of, well, not you run out of cards necessarily, until you one of these gets to zero, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. So Wait, then, do, we have, do we have two lives? No, that indicates two players. Oh. So the game proceeds that way, and then we get to the scoring part. Are you guys enjoying the uh, sound hey. of me flipping these pages? Have we become an ASMR podcast right now? Have we become a what? Have we became... An ASMR podcast now. ASMR, gonna yeah. help, you're gonna have to help me there. Like, like the like uh satisfying noises, like they like help you like fall asleep or something. There you go. Good, nice tight shot of that. This is these, how you score the points. Twenty points for one of those. Ten for one of those. Hundred points if you win the game. Twenty point meaning basically that you're you destroy the but that you destroy the UFO, right? That means mm -hmm. you won the game. And you get 100 points, 20 points for each hit on the UFO that Henry built, oh. yeah. 10 each for destroying each invader, that was a shield generator, that was one of these guys, one of those, 10 how for each... Wait, how do you destroy a shield generator? Um, well, they did come up, and then I said, well, we'll talk about that later, so I guess I'll do that now. An invader with the shield icon is shielding all adjacent cards around it. Shields cannot destroy other, cannot shield other shield cards. I don't remember how you destroy a card with a shield on it. In the Su meantime, enjoy the page flipping sounds. Suffice to say, it can be done. But it there's can a way be done, to do it. But, but we don't know. It takes more than one hit, basically. We just wanted to go through the game kind of quickly. At the 200th episode, we did the Missile Command board game. What did you do at the 100th episode? The 100th episode, I looked it up because I couldn't remember. It was, it came out on Christmas Eve. And I just did some Christmassy stuff. Oh. The 200th episode, I did Missile Command. Missile Command is one of my all-time favorite Atari games. So I was really excited to play the board game. I don't remember liking the board game all that much. It was unnecessarily complicated. And it was a board game. It wasn't a video we game. Did, did we do a like, snake game? I don't know. I'm not sure what that was. I forgot. We'll talk about it later. This game, the Space Invaders, is an iconic video game, right? Like I said earlier, it's the game that people who don't even know anything about Atari games think of. We ask them to name an Atari game. I'm not loving this board game. I don't know what Henry thinks about it. What do you think about it? It's so complicated. It, it is overly complicated. It's up there with D&D. &D. All you really want to do is shoot the little arcade shooter thing. That's really all anyone cares about. And all this you, other stuff. You want to you wanna shoot it and then bomb all of this. Yeah. All this it's other like stuff. It's like bombing. I, I get that they're trying to translate the video game to 
three-dimensional board game. Should have been like like the like the one game where you like shoot the things off of the off of like like electric band like a uh, elastic bands. Yeah. One game. Yeah. See what I was pi- actually picturing first when I heard when I saw the pieces I thought the board I know I'm messing up the board that's okay I thought the board sat up like this somehow and you had to like hit things like uh, like you were shooting darts basically not yeah. actual darts I thought it'd be something like that lawn darts but it's not cool it's uh yeah but lawn darts were super fun when I was a kid we had the med- the steel ones yeah that you that could kill everybody and I'm sure that at one time or another I got hit with a lawn dart or people I don't get hit while under. I mean, we're, we're all just fine. Stop looking at me like that. We're all just fine. Yeah. Um. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's fine, I guess, if you really want your Space Invaders fixed, but the power's out and you can't turn on your Atari, sure, go ahead and And you also it. can't see anything? Yeah. Well, you light a candle or something. I don't know. But... I'm pretty sure uh, like... I, I mean, it's fine. I don't know, Henry. Would you play this again? Well, I would have to know how to play more. Yeah, we went through this kind of quick. We did a quick uh, run-through before we started recording. And we wanted to quick get something on film to show you, not necessarily how the whole game goes, but to give you the idea. If any of you guys play this and you love this thing, or any of the Atari games turned into board games, of course, let us know. In the meantime, this has been it. Uh, Thanks for sticking around for 300 episodes. We'll be back next time with uh, an actual video game. Got anything else to say, Henry? Potato. That's Henry's signature sign-off, so I guess that means we're done. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do. What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that and for free just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's xegs, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Second Duck on the Right and Other Very Short Stories is my new short story collection. Duck con artists, zombies, things on fire, supervillain angst, and a future without poop are just a few of the topics in these stories. Also, the occasional really bad poem. Waddle on over to your favorite bookseller, or swim downstream to my website, carnivalofgleecreations.com, for more information. Insert quacking up joke here. So here's the thing about Space Invaders, the board game. Uh, I kind of said this, I basically did say this in the field report. I'm not a big fan of the conversion of video games to board games. I think, uh, you know, certain types of games are video games, certain types of games are board games. Never the twain shall meet, you know? Of course, never say never. I was a little let down by the Missile Command game. I thought it was overly complicated and a weird thing to do. I only played it, frankly, because, as I said, Missile Command is one of my favorite Atari games, so I was very intrigued to check out the board game. This is not a a knock on Klinko, by the way, for that game. I don't know if he did that game or not. Uh, Whoever did that game, 
in this game, uh, I'm not criticizing the design. I think if you're going to turn Space Invaders into a board game, this is probably about the best way to do it. I did mention in the field report I thought it might have been more interesting, although I don't know why, just in my own head, if instead of laying the board out flat on the table, it was vertical, and you had to basically fire your tokens at it uh, as if it were a dart board. You know, they could, wouldn't have to be actual darts, but like little Velcro things or something. That could be kind of fun, and treat it like a like a, a game of darts. This wasn't that. It was a bunch of moving cards around and, and stuff, and it just it felt like it was lacking something. And I think, frankly, the something was, because I evidently am a shallow human, I wanted the, the lights and the colors and the sounds and lasers and everything, and you don't get any of that in this game. So I was a little let down by that. Not that I really expected it, but not having it made me sad. And that's probably a flaw in my character. Uh, I, I don't know. Again, that's just me. It's not a critique of the game, necessarily. I think the game is as good as it can be, pretty much. Except maybe, like I said, if you wanted to set it up like a game of darts. Same concept, just vertical instead of horizontal. Maybe that'd be more interesting to look at. I don't know. If you guys have thoughts about Space Invaders, the board game, or the concept of turning video games into board games, or this could be fun. How would you turn a video game or a board game into a video game? It's kind of been done, of course. I've had more than one version of Monopoly or Scrabble or whatever, but they were just literally taking the the board game and putting it on a screen. I'm thinking more like, uh, what sort of creative thing could you do? You know, you turn the Monopoly board into you know it, it, basically Atlantic City. I think Monopoly is supposed to be turn it into this sort of hellish dystopia with monsters and money grabbers and uh, I don't know the shoe comes alive and eats people or something community chest is actually a, a gates of hell or something yeah I don't know but it's something more creative than a literal translation of the board game to video game I think that could be interesting as a thought exercise so uh, hit me up in one of the ways you can contact me that would be an excellent way an excellent thing for you to do in a voicemail 563-265-1975 265-1978 the hell's the phone number 265 hold on talk amongst yourselves it's, I'm recording this very late at night so I'm trying to punch you it's just been that kind of week it is oh my god I don't have a phone number oh, 563-265-1978 that's the phone number uh, so that'd be your, your description of how you would turn Monopoly into um, a video game. It doesn't have to be Monopoly. Monopoly. That's a good, uh, obvious example. You could do that. You could do Scrabble. You could do Life, the game of life. Hungry Hippos, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. You pick the game. Give me a, a little summary of what it would look like as a video game. That's your mission. And I will play it on the show. If you're really squeamish about leaving voicemail, go ahead and put it in an email, and I'll read it. I'm easy. I just miss you guys so much. Did I mention I'm very tired and naked? Or not. All right. You know what? I'm going to bring this show in for a landing. What do you say? Hi, this is 8-Bit Rocket, Jeff Fulton, from the Into the Vertical Blank Generation Atari podcast. And you are listening to the incomparable 
William Pepper, and his wonderful stories of the game within a game on the Atari Bytes podcast. When you are done here, come visit us in the vertical blank. Now, back to Bill. So it's some sort of bumper. Actually, the vertical blank bumper, to be specific. And that's our show. Our big 300th show is in the can, almost. Here's to another 300. God will be old by then. I hope you'll stick with me. Uh, because seriously, I do appreciate you guys. You know, we're not uh, a mighty, we're, we're not pulling down uh, uh, Mark Marin download levels or even Joe Rogan, which doesn't bother me a whole lot. To not have anything uh, in time with Joe Rogan is just fine with me. But that's a political topic for another time. So we're not, the point is we're not pulling down, you know, mega numbers here, but we have a, a loyal audience and I appreciate you guys for being part of that. So here's to another 300 episodes. Thanks also to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the Storytime theme, which you didn't hear this week. As always, as you know, because you've been here a while, we do it all on this podcast. Stories, video games, board games. Uh, Okay, that's about all we do. But if those things are your thing, you can leave a five-star review of this podcast and say how great it is that those things are here over at Apple Podcasts. Thank you in advance for doing that. Please let me know if you do leave a review. I do check periodically, but I might miss one. So if you happen to go leave a review, maybe just give me a shout and uh, tell me that you did that. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page, follow the show on Twitter at ataribytes, or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. And do check us out on Instagram, which is not hugely active, but I do put stuff over there from time to time. I already mentioned, very subtly, that you can leave me a voicemail at 563-265-1978. That is a real-life phone number that I'm never, ever going to answer. But I do welcome you uh, and look forward to you leaving a voicemail. Check out the website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. Uh, links to all of this stuff in the show notes. You're going to find all sorts of goodies over there, including information, uh, links for this podcast, stuff about my other podcast, It's a Podcast, Charlie Brown, which is a deep, deep dive into all things in and around the Peanuts comic strip universe. You're going to find information about books that I've written, like Second Duck on the Right and other very short stories, and links to just a few of the places that you can buy that book any of those books for that matter uh so go check out the website and uh and yeah life will be good there are no naked pictures of me on the website probably please consider supporting the show by uh helping you know keep the lights on here in the podcast studio by going over to uh patreon.com where there's an atari bytes page and you can get stuff in exchange for your patronage thank you in advance for doing that thank you also to these current patrons um, to whom I am greatly indebted. Michael Tyler, Jose Gazeta, Sean Courtney, M. West, Patrick McCarthy, Jeremy L., Mark Super, and Jim Goble. Thanks to one and all. All right, we are just about done. All that's left is for me to tell you next time on Atari Bytes. I realized recently that uh, I haven't dusted off the old Atari 7800 for a while, so I think I'm going to do that. Um, we're going to pull out the 7800 next week and play... Ballblazer, which is a game I've never played, but I hear its title mentioned uh, from time to time in uh, 
at least favorable terms. My, at least that's my recollection that at best, or at worst, I've heard it mentioned in favorable terms. And at best, I've heard it like people rhapsodize over this thing. I may be overstating it. I could be totally wrong. Maybe I just remember the title and actually people hated it. I don't know. I don't think so, though. I think this is a game people like, having not done any research at all, just going by my memory. Uh, and I decided it was time for me to check it out. So, next time on the podcast, Ball Blazer for the 7800. I do hope you'll join us. We'll, of course, have an original short story. No clue what it'll be, but I guess I've got a couple weeks to come up with something. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.